Welcome. I am a small, fuzzy, middle-aged woman, unexpectedly named Turl Kronberg. And in the very front of my brain, I have an exceptional little bit that I call the wise turtle. She is the most thoughtful, observant, and compassionate part of me. And this podcast is her platform for speaking to the world. Her aim is to try to understand the patterns of growth in the universe and use those discoveries to help us all uncover the most important, inspiring story of who we are and where we want to go as Earthlings. I hope that you enjoy her musings. Namaste. about stepping out of your comfort zone. Someone actually said that to me the other day. Um, a librarian. And I made the excuse, well, I'm homeless right now. I'm already way out of my comfort zone. And she apologized and said, oh, I understand. And, but it turned out her little, her little encouragement for me to step outside of my comfort zone did actually help. Um, and I did actually try to do the thing that uh, we were talking about me doing. Um, it, it failed anyway, but I felt better that I had tried. And that's because there... I've talked about this before on the podcast way back early on, I think, or at least definitely in my... Um, in my blog, which I'll try to find a link to, um, when I talked about state of flow originally, I think. But I wanted to talk about comfort zones specifically because someone recently said to me that they were uncomfortable with something. And I was like, where does the level of discomfort become a bad thing and when is it actually a useful thing? Uh, there's so many studies about stress and you hear so many different responses about uh, whether stress is good for you or not and how much stress and what kind of stress. And I'm, I know I've talked about this at least a bit here and there. Um, but I thought I'd bring it up again with the idea of comfort. Now there's a, um, there's a study, uh, oh, I can't think of it, is the John and Julie Gottman. Um, they're the marriage experts. Uh, I think they're out in San Francisco or somewhere out there, Berkeley or something. And they did some research on the success of marriages and whether or not they could predict whether a marriage was going to be successful or not. 
And the thing that they discovered, the one thing that was correlated most strongly, like very, very strongly, something like 80% or something, um, a very high correlation, was that there was about a, I think it was a four to one or one-fifth of the um, conversation between the partners was uncomfortable, was challenging, was argumentation, was disagreement, you know, some sort of some sort of negative um, kinds of conversation. And so it was, it was a proportion, I think, I, so I believe it was 20%. Don't quote me on that. Um, I'll try to get a link to that as well. So that means that about, you know, somewhere around a quarter to one-fifth, somewhere around there, percent of the interactions you have with the world in general, I'm postulating that the relationship in a marriage is similar to the relationship that you have with the rest of the world in general, um, you know, is probably best at around, you know, 20% um, negative. That your interactions are uncomfortable, at least in some sense, you know, a good chunk of the time. Not a lot, not half of the time, not most of the time, but, you know, enough of the time that it might seem a little annoying. So keep that in mind when you look out at the world and you get annoyed, when you feel uncomfortable, when you're in a situation where someone else is doing something that you just just irks you, that makes you a little bit stressed. Now, of course, we don't want to be overwhelmed. And this is that uh, that discussion of the, the flow state being between overwhelm, you know, danger, serious danger, threats, harm, and boredom. You know, total comfort, boredom, you know, just always okay and reasonable. Somewhere between there is the flow state when you're at your peak performance, when there's a little bit of push but also a little bit of support to catch you. If you fall, it's not too dangerous, but it's also not too comfortable. You're pushing yourself, or the world is pushing yourself just enough to get you to be a little more creative, to step outside of your normal thinking, your normal behaviors, your normal habits, and push you to do something a little new, a little different, so that you learn something. So that you explore something, you create something new, and there is something novel that you're adding to your life. And that novelty, again, if you're doing this in a state that's just a little bit uncomfortable, not super uncomfortable, not super painful or dangerous, but also not boring and not, you know, happy-go-lucky, run-of-the-mill, status quo kind of stuff, um, if you get that just a little bit of push to move forward, then you get into this flow state and that's your peak performance. That's when your brain is able to operate in its most connected and open and basically the, uh, I'm not sure exactly how it, I don't remember what they, uh, what they did with the, um, 
if they did neuroscience, but I'm pretty sure what it is, is that all of the parts of the brain are sort of connected and, and communicating with one another, or at least capable of communicating with one another. So maybe the, the brain waves are flowing more evenly throughout the whole brain, and that's letting you discover new things and make connections that you hadn't made before that can help you solve a problem, essentially. This is, this is what the brain does. It, it solves problems. That's its goal. You know, how do I get from point A to point B? I, I am here now, and I want to get over there, and whatever is over there is something better, hopefully, ideally. You know, I see a plant in front of me. I want to go look at the plant because it's an interesting-looking plant. There, you know, there might be some potential there. It's got a flower on it. It's sort of an interesting-looking flower. I might like to go look at that and just explore it and see what it is. Not necessarily eat it, not necessarily make medicine out of it, but just understand it a little better. In order to solve that problem of me getting over there and doing that, you know, my body has to make some decisions. And if they're the same old boring decisions, my my brain doesn't have to really stretch. It doesn't have to really try anything new. It's just all habit. It's all unconscious. But if there's some novel thing that I need to do, that point B over there involves a challenge, a small challenge, not a huge challenge, not a totally dangerous challenge. I mean, we do have those, and they, they are useful sometimes. But if our brain gets too stressed, if we look at that challenge as too dangerous and overwhelming, then the brain actually, the prefrontal cortex, which is the best part of the problem-solving bit of the brain that helps organize all the other parts of the brain uh, and uses all that information, sort of turns it into... Uh, a, a larger encyclopedia sort of database as opposed to little bits and pieces that prefrontal cortex actually shuts down if there's too much stress if we feel like the threat is too overwhelming for us to deal with um, and that's also depends on our personality what we get overwhelmed by might not be the same things that other people get overwhelmed by based on our personality and our experiences and our current state of health and so on and so forth. It's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, showing us what we're able to focus on. You know, if we're, if we're constantly feeling under threat of lack of food and water and shelter and warmth and information and not being free to express ourselves, if we're constantly, constantly feeling that, then we're not going to be able to be focus on the higher problems. So we are really going to be more primitive in our thinking. But if we can, if our, our needs are being met and we're being supported and our health is okay, then we're capable of looking at problems at a higher level and the prefrontal cortex can really kick in and look for these challenging situations and do some novel uh creativity and exploration to understand things and solve the problems better. So wherever you are at the at your level of health and your environmental support, how well it is meeting your basic needs, that's going to determine where your flow state is, where that level of challenge that is just right, just a little bit uncomfortable, but not too uncomfortable. So it's going to be different for everyone. And so if you, 
if people are judging you as as being um you know too wussy and and not capable of dealing showing your courage and dealing with challenges the way they want they think they can um they're just not aware they're just not paying attention they're not understanding that it is a very different situation that you're in compared to what they're in um which is unfortunate and but you can say that and you know maybe they'll listen and maybe they won't depending on where they are too um it might be a challenge to them it might be too much of a challenge to them to change their thinking about how people should behave and how different people are so even understanding other people and how their challenges may be more uncomfortable than they are to you that's helpful to know but anyway um this was a short little one i just wanted to mention this idea of letting yourself and, and being happy with being uncomfortable sometimes not too uncomfortable not dangerously so not threats major threats to your health and safety but just enough uncomfortable that um that you're going to be learning something new you're going to be exploring something new you're going to be creating something new something just a little bit of a push to keep you just a little bit uncomfortable for just enough time for some problem solving to happen in your brain that makes you feel excited because that is what the brain uh gives us pleasure chemicals for gives you the endorphins uh of anticipating a challenge that you think you can, you know, maybe 50%, 50-50, maybe somewhere around there, odds that you'll be successful. The brain gives you the endorphins beforehand of the excitement and adventure of that kind of, you know, challenge, stress, uncomfortable situation, whatever. And then afterwards you get the reward of a job well done, you know, I was successful. This did work. Or a job well done in learning something new. you can be success- you can be successful in failure as long as you learn something you know the the classic saying is you know failing 200 times before succeeding is still succeeding so as long as you learn what didn't work and are able to use that in the future to solve the problem better then that's success in failure so your brain rewards you for success both it 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 rewards you for both kinds of success learning something and actually just succeeding and it can be luck you can you can succeed just by pure luck and not learn something but you still get that reward which is why we gamble um you know even if it has nothing to do with us learning anything we can gamble and win and you know we'll still feel kind of excited it's a short term excitement because it's it doesn't really it's not really useful in the educational in the brain sense but you know we if we win something that's useful to us that's fine too so we get both rewards success in luck and success in learning something and of course both if we get both of them we get a little bit more happiness if we learn something if we fail and then learn something and then succeed we get extra extra happy chemicals in our brain. So letting us push ourselves a little bit, letting the world push ourselves and being comfortable with being uncomfortable a little bit. It's good. It's healthy. Is helping us grow and become better people and improve the world. So, 
you know, don't think of being uncomfortable as such a bad thing sometimes. Um, stepping out of your comfort zone, letting the world push you around just a little bit, as long as you're still meeting your basic needs, um, that's okay. And, uh, and that's how we expand as a society. So I wish you just a little bit of discomfort, enough to get you to learn something or explore something or discover something or create something every day. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to talk to me, uh, my email is thewiseturtle, T-H-E-W-I-S-E-T-U-R-T-L-E at gmail, G-M-A-I-L dot com. You can also find me on Reddit. My username there is turl, T-U-R-I-L, which is my real name. And so if you go to reddit.com slash user slash turl, T-U-R-I-L, you can find my posts. And I believe if you add an an extra slash and then say overview, you can see all of the things that I've posted and commented. And you can find a, a few of my communities there that I moderate and run. And um, I would love to hear from you. And uh, I wish you a beautiful day. Namaste.